0: guys doing welcome to motorcycle madhouse biker news this episode we're gonna be talking about 17 things that Harley Davidson is doing wrong right now as well as something that's Scare the crap out of you something that just came out of the DOJ bikers have known this for a long time but man should a citizens be scared at the end of the show we're going to check on you guys see how you guys are doing during this lockdown we are in day 2 over here in Illinois in your face all over the place we are online 24/7 24/7 <laughs> This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. like a Madhouse on Spotify and iTunes Radio. Okay, this is the scary thing I was telling everybody in the beginning of the show I was going to cover. In the midst of this crisis right now where people are just being sheltered down to avoid this pandemic... The DOJ, that's the Department of Justice, for you guys that do not know how you're on this channel and not know that, I don't know. Anyway, they are seeking new emergency powers during this pandemic. One of the requests to Congress would allow the department to petition a judge to indefinitely, indefinitely detain someone during an emergency. Yes, that's what they're asking for. And this is by Betsy Woodruff Swan out of Politico. The Justice Department has quietly asked Congress for the ability to ask chief justices uh that's not justices, but judges to detain people indefinitely without trial during emergencies. Part of a push for new powers that comes as the novel coronavirus spreads throughout the United States. How's that Patriot Act working out for everybody right now, especially in the biker community? It always takes a crisis of this magnitude for your rights to start being drawn back in the name of security again. How's that Patriot Act working for you? And now you got a DOJ quietly, you notice, quietly, and I think Politico has been the only ones who has covered this thus far, that they want to be able to indefinitely hold you without trial. You know, that kind of sounds like uh, martial law, doesn't it? You know, I'm not saying it's coming up, but, you know, the DOJ making this request, come on, people. You guys need to stay involved. Uh, Documents reviewed by Politico detail the department's request to lawmakers on a host of uh, topics, including the statute of limitations, asylum, and the wait court hearings are conducted. Politico also reviewed and previously reported on documents seeking the authority to extend deadlines on merger reviews and prosecutions. This is some scary stuff, people. Bikers, and this is going out to uh, the civilians. Bikers know how the DOJ operates, how underhanded they can be. But something like this, my gosh, (laughs) this is a low even for them. Uh, The move has tapped into a broader fear among civil liberties advocates and Donald Trump critics that the president will use a moment of crisis to push for controversial policy changes. Now, I got to stop him there. He just freaking signed in the Defense Act. Uh, I think it was Stanford or something like that. But anyway, he has refused to use them powers so far, and he just had a press conference on this today anyway. Uh, you need to go on YouTube, check it out. But it is the other side that is pushing him to use this, pushing him to use it. He don't want to use it because he knows the implications that can come out of that act. You're talking, it has not been used since World War II. I think it is actually uh, signed into law during the Korea time. But anyway, you know, they took the example of how everybody came together during World War II and the factories were pushing out planes and tanks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So they, you know, basically the government can take over a business, nationalize it. You know, you're talking about socialism you know they want him to uh employ it he don't want to do it anyway uh he also pushed for further tax cuts as the economy withers arguing it would soften the financial blow to Americans and even without policy changes trump has vast emergency powers that could deploy right now to try to slow the uh the virus outbreak it's funny though and you know this is something that has to do with the biker, because I'm going to, you get know, what are you talking about? That? The Department of Justice asking for emergency powers does not apply to freaking the biker community. Come on. Give me a break, guys. Uh But the DOJ requests, which are likely to make it through the Democratic-led House, thank God for something, they are using their brains somewhat, span several stages of the legal process, from initial arrest to how cases are processed and investigated. Uh, In one of the documents, the department proposed that Congress grant the attorney general power to ask the chief judge of any district court to pause court proceedings quote, whenever the district court is fully or partially closed by virtue of any natural disaster, civil disobedience or other emergency situation the proposal would also grant those top judges broad authority to pause court proceedings during emergencies this is some scary stuff man and like I said after uh, 9-11 The Patriot Act came into existence, and boy, did your rights just get wiped away in a lot of freaking areas. This is something that you got to keep your eye on, man. What is that uh, saying? Don't let a good crisis go to waste, even though it was put on by the other side. But, you know, they're not letting it go to waste, are they, man? So make sure you guys... keeping the uh, the news about this stuff again it's from political.com and it's by uh betsy woodrow swan uh doj seeks new emergency powers amid coronaviruses pandemic let's go on to something else here and this is from hot cars we're gonna have a bunch of articles from them <laughs> you know what you got mr wizard over there and you got his freaking apprentice i'm calling jason his apprentice he did one uh Frickin' article, and then we're going to be covering that, uh, you know, motorcycle uh, motorcycles that uh, club members uh, like. It's not Jason who did it. I believe it was Mr. Wizard that did it. Uh, it lists the category of motorcycles that club members absolutely love. My God, wait till you see them. <laughs> My God. Anyway, HotCars.com. Mr. Wizard's crew, 17 shady reasons why Harley-Davidson motorcycles are struggling. And I have to actually agree with some of the points that are going to be coming up in this story. Uh, it has been known for a while that HD has been struggling, but their problems run far deeper than most people think. Now, you know, it's funny. I just uh, there's going to be a story coming out on HarleyLiberty.com. You got dealerships still open right now. Uh, Harley Davidson is a modern, publicly held company with a growing market increase in overseas. Not as much as you're trying to push, their Apprentice. Unfortunately, the company has a lot of secrets and problems that could end up in another downfall. You know, yeah, <laughs> it might. You know, the freaking sales right now and what's going on in this economy... Yeah, it could take a heavy hit. Uh, he goes on to say, firstly, since the company went public in 1965, there have been a series of episodes where product, service, and price were not in line with that what somebody sh- would expect that company wants to appeal to, the widest market in it can acquire. Personally, I think it was a wrong mistake going freaking uh, public, because ever since then all they do is worry about their investors they are actually in a fight right now with one of their major shareholders over the direction of the company this one uh, shareholder wants these certain people and you know on the board or hire this person or that person uh, and then you got the freaking on the other side pushing back against that it's a big thing going on at uh, Harley right now check into it uh 17 uh, t- you know the uh, we're gonna cover it from 17 down so how the problem started according to apprentice while harley-davidson is credited with supporting the cruiser market extensively it dabbled in other markets such as small bikes and golf court carts issue that hurt them is the development of the non-cruiser market for them was very limited in scope and the company never diversified to withhold market changes that come with time i do have to agree with him here i do because harley davidson yes they own 50 percent of the motorcycle market but it is the big cruiser bike market that they own They do not hold any leverage with the 1,200 and CC down motorcycle. They don't hold nothing. Yamaha, Suzuki, Honda, they got them all beat. Kawasaki's got them beat. And like it or not, a lot of the boomers are aging out. And I believe uh, The Apprentice talks about that in this article. They're aging out. Newer kids ain't into the big street cruisers, everybody. everybody sh- Anybody who has any brains will know this. Number one, they can't afford the damn bikes. And number two, most of these kids, you know, they're not into that kind of stuff. So I, I got to believe that, uh, you know, with this point, you know, he goes on to say the sidebar business were often sold by the company just before they could have capitalized On the ownership of those assets. You know, that's one thing I think that's really propping up. uh Uh, Polaris is yeah they got the Indian motorcycle and even though I disagree with them getting rid of victory I love victories they got other areas of business to keep them moving man they got the ATV they got the freaking snowmobiles they got the bikes they got everything going on and here Harley uh, their only hope is freaking uh, motorcycles they did not diversify which is funny is because in the early days they did but between then and now you know come on look every damn year was the same crap different freaking you know the same models just different trinkets here and there and they slap on the new model a year anyway 16 going through the motions on autopilot and he, he talks about too often this is attributed to Harley as being part of a lifestyle and cultural phenomenon really when you dig deeper that isn't true the company went bankrupt once already back in 81 and it had to be bailed out by a team of investors headed by Vaughn Beals and Willie G who returned it back to a private firm for several years and who bought out the stock at a uh, price equal to 25 cents a share uh, it does do you know better in a private hands man 15. Emphasis on not making waves. The problem started with a decline in engineering improvement and cancellation of several projects the company had already been working on and a continuation of the status quo until the Japanese competition stole a large section of their market share at the end of the 1970s, the company did not sell stocks for several years after the restructuring. Yeah, only nice people ride Hondas. That was one of the biggest things that helped uh, Honda back out then. Uh, and it also set you know the Harley guys against the Honda guys. But one thing that Honda has over Harley is innovation, man. Innovation. I don't care what freaking—and I'm going to get crucified for this—I don't care what— Harley-Davidson, you put up against a Goldwing, a Goldwing's going to wipe the freaking road with them. Going to wipe the road with them. I'd choose a Goldwing over a freaking glider anything, any day to go cross-country, long-distance ride, any of that stuff. A Goldwing is just, it's the Cadillac, man, if you ask me. Uh, 14, and I know I'm going to get hit on that one, so let him come. But, you know, that's just how I feel, man. And uh, you know what? Even with, uh, you know, I got the Fat Boy, I got the Boulevard. But the Boulevard's a lot more comfortable on long-distant rides than the Fat Boy is. It's just... The way it is to me Uh, inappropriate management choices boy do you got this one right apprentice another thing about Harley is they have put people into top management positions that were overly focused on stock valuation and not the core product line of cycles and accessories my god do I freaking support that one right there the most recent example is the resignation but actually he was fired of Matt Lebedidich, who stepped down as CEO because the company has not made the increases necessary to maintain dominance in its market share. An example of that was the Livewire, which was a mitigating disaster. The Livewire was a disaster. They pinned their hopes on that sucker and they got kicked in the freaking balls. <laughs> anyway, at 30 grand per company uh, copy it isn't going to sell in large numbers he came back and tried to say that it was geared more towards urban which yeah it is but 30 grand no. uh-uh Go get you a zero, man. I'm a big believer in the zero. Uh, I love their products, man. I actually might think about getting one of them suckers just to put around locally with. Uh, but if you're going electric, go zero. They're proven and Harley Davidson's got nothing on them. Uh 13, same direction, picking up the pace. Uh, Then there is the introduction of the 500 and the 750cc street line of cycles while moving much of the production into India, Thailand, and Brazil to help with localization of manufacturing. The smaller bikes themselves are awkward and not very attractive. You don't see very many Americans buying one. And if you're over on uh, MotorcycleMadhouse.com, Spotify, or iTunes, come over to the YouTube channel, and I gotta agree, they're uglier than sin. You know, put your old lady on it, I guess, but they're uglier than sin. Uh, So you still have uh, the buying age of Harley being moved towards older buyers with higher incomes with Harley struggles to uh, get large gains in the emerging markets with the exception of newly uh, affluent riders in those markets. Now let's go to number 12, a really bad management decision. The hiring of Keith Wandell in the mid-2000s as CEO was not a good uh, ideal either. No, it was not. He had no background in motorcycles and didn't own one prior to working there. Even stranger, the company pulled the support of the Buell Motorcycle Company, which they had a 49% share in. They bankrupt it rather than selling it off that was harley davidson's worst nightmare move was getting rid of that buell the buell was something the kids were into man the v-rods everything man and they got rid of it how freaking stupid were you again Back then, they were only thinking about... Because it was the upswing for Harley-Davidson until 2014. Then it just dropped like a rock. But back then, oh, you know, this is our future. Yeah, see how that's working out with you. Uh, what makes it even crazier, Buell had a large market share of younger buyers who would later buy other Harley-related products, and Buell was profitable. HDM HD and Buell took a huge loss equal to its entire investment in Buell since it bought the majority share. Hello then, selling off assets. Another poor decision by the motor company was to divest in Ownership in a niche brand of Italian sports bikes, MB Augusta, thus doubling the loss of market share in performance bikes, which both Buell and MB Augusta made, instead of going after the broadest market share it could successfully manage domestically and internationally, Harley Davidson concentrated on its core buyers in the US. Very true. You know, I always, you know, you'll hear me cry and whine about American-made, blah, blah, blah. It's not all American-made anymore. Yeah, the money goes to an American company here in the States. But for a company like Harley-Davidson to grow, they got to hit other markets. And you got to go locally. You got to design the bikes that those people want. And over in Asia and over in freaking the Middle East, Africa, whatever you want. In Africa, they want uh, adventure bikes, you know, Middle East too. Uh, in freaking Thailand and stuff, they want 350s, man. That's why Royal Infield is so freaking popular out there, is because of the freaking, uh, you know, the CCs out of India, man. I love Royal Infield, by the way. Uh, doubling down on bad decisions. HD always does that. They never change the direction of selling to. To an audience of ever-increasing age and high-income status rider who wanted a flashy Cruiser or turn motorcycle while they're trying to offer small economical yet outward motorcycles to emerge markets using parts made around the world but assembled regionally in their respective uh, geographical areas got to agree Good fit and finish, so, so reliable. Number nine, ain't that always been the problem, man. That's like I said, uh, on a long distance t- trip, and I'm being, you know, pretty honest, even though I had a ton of engine work with the Fab Boy, I'd rather take my Boulevard on a long distance because I believe it's more reliable than a Harley. That's just me. That's my personal opinion. I don't know what your personal opinion is on that. But I take one of them on a long-distance ride. Number one, it's more comfortable. Number two, you don't have to worry as much. Uh, While Harley has made good gradual product changes over time and is known to have excellent fit and finish cosmetically, it has never been known for building vehicles that come anywhere close to the reliability of a typical passenger car. You motorcycles have that level of reliability, but Harley Davidson charges a premium for their bikes, whereas half of their competition will sell a similar model at much lower price point. Uh, their number eight reason here is over-concern with stock options. Yeah, that always, always brings a company down right there. Limiting options eventually hurts the brand. Harley-Davidson's ever-important stock price has fallen 56% in the last years. Historians point to the American manufacturing foundry ownership error of Harley-Davidson as the longest run of lackadaisical management. In reality, except for direction under William Davidson and uh, Vaughn Beale, most of the modern era of Harley-Davidson has been dominated by management, mostly worried about quarterly profit margins at the possible expense of long-term survival. I talk about that all the time. You got that one, Mr. Apprentice. Repeat buyers change in opinions. According to the consumerreviews.com, a 2018 survey of buyer satisfaction of 36 buyers rated dealership service satisfaction and reliability of the brand as an average of 1.5 out of a possible six. <laughs> I always complain about dealerships all the time. If you ain't walking in there with cash ready and uh, you don't look like you got a freaking $100,000 a year job, you're just brushed to the side. Uh, combining ratings like that while charging a premium price does not make for a stable growth market. And, you know, I got to admit, man, the internet right now, you know, like videos like this is passing it around, getting in young buyers' heads that, you know, maybe they should be looking for other options than Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson isn't what they used to be in a lot of minds. You know, it used to be, well, Harley Davidson was the best to be considered, you know, a biker. You had to have a Harley Davidson. All your riding rice blah blah it ain't like that anymore these kids don't care they only care about reliability speed and what a bike looks like they consider a harley davidson a grandpa's bike man the there are significant strategy uh errors ever since the motor company investigated and found the japanese had better managers running their manufacturing and assembly production lines HD vastly improved their day-to-day operations so they could add tactical changes, but their ability to think long-term severely lacks vision. Six, premium price mech quality. You know, it's great that they support the lifestyle fan base. Yeah, you think? Yeah, no, they don't. They only uh, support the ones that, uh, you know, kick up that money. But that really isn't inclusionary to the uh, majority of potential buyers around the world who see motorcycles as a form of transportation. Honestly, their quality isn't worse than the competitors, but it isn't much better. Their finish for pain and plating is top notch, but their mechanicals are mid packed in terms of longevity. Uh, let's get uh, to the top five here. Number five, thinking of short term gains, losing buyer appeal. Uh, four, rescuing defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, and that had a deal with the core buyer, the 50 to 70 year old rider, often acts as an apologist for HD, which you know what? Yeah. Uh huh. Watch the freaking comments in the show comments notes. You'll see it. Everybody be out there, you know, bashing on anybody who uh, ain't talking about Harley Davidson. Watch the comments. Uh, and can be heard blaming AMF for all the past ills of the company but according to a uh, September 1989 article in Fortune magazine the production and sales tripled in under a decade of ownership by AMF so while yes there were severe quality issues at that period it is more an accountability and tracking issue rather than the study uh, ownership number three didn't know what they had until they needed it That meant there was a 35-year period where the motor company didn't have any internally-designed modern drivetrains to offer. Yep, we were talking about that too. Too worried about the financial status and not about selling bikes. And number one, not admitting changes and market forces were happening you know, Matt Levetich stepping down as CEO for the failure to improve the attainment of goals towards growth isn't necessarily a remedy for their ills in as much as it's a mission of failure. Yes, they need a uh, fresh perspective, but unlike in the mid-90s when they uh, brought in someone who didn't really like motorcycles to head the company, they should look towards management that likes multiple aspects of motorcycling and not just a few small buying sectors. Again, this is from hotcars.com. Jason the Apprentice Bagnow. That is his new nickname here on Motorcycle Madhouse. Okay, man, that was your 17 problems with Harley Davidson. I actually agree with a lot of what Apprentice had to say, man. Like I said, whoever's gonna be taken over Harley Davidson they have a job to do man they gotta look at the past records, see what has worked what has not worked and really to get it together and I truly believe if they're gonna become a stronger company who knows after this crisis going on right now if you know they're gonna be able to you know pick themselves up by the freaking uh, boots and go man because this is gonna be the de- uh, Real problematic to a lot of companies as this economy goes downhill, and Harley Davidson wasn't in a position as it was for this to happen. So I think they really need to start diversifying their company, man. Go back to the old days, man. You had freaking snowmobiles, you had golf carts, the whole nine yards, just stuff like uh, Polaris does. So in case, you know, the Indian brand, you know, starts faltering. They had their other business to freaking fall back on. That way they can return their motorcycle business as needed. Gotta diversify, Harley. And the biggest thing they gotta do is start freaking paying attention to their core customer base. It is the blue collar worker that gave you the image that you have and that were buying your bikes before you went off freaking rub on everybody. $30,000 for a brand new freaking uh, road bike right now? Really? Your CVOs are what? 40000 $50,000? 20000 for your basics? Come on, man. You can get a nice damn car for that. <laughs> That's why, you know, I think another one of their problems is, and I talk about it all the time, is they're working against themselves in the used market that used markets killing them because like I said I won't pay ten more than $10,000 for a damn bike never and you know what I that's for a Harley and you know what right now their prices ain't holding up you know I don't know how it is by you guys but in Northern Illinois the prices ain't holding on man I can get some good stuff right now for the down low on cheap man uh, and it's probably going to get worse because a lot of people are going to start selling their motorcycles because of what's going on with the economy. Uh, it's just taking a nosedive, and people are going to be saying, ah, I can't deal with this. I can't do it." Uh, so you're going to be able to get a lot of cheaper bikes. But now it's cheap, uh, competing against itself on the used market, where the people that they were catering to they'll ride them for you know maybe ten thousand miles, and boom, dump them for next to nothing. So, you know, why would a working man go out there, take a, what is like a second mortgage out and buy a $20,000 bike when they can get one for six $7,000 and it's not a sporty. You're charging freaking that just for sporties, man. So, you know, Harley-Davidson has a lot to think about, and if they don't get, like that article said, uh, if they don't get somebody in there that actually knows motorcycles, I don't think they'll make it out the other end, man. That's just my prediction. Uh, Let me know your predictions on uh, where Harley-Davidson's going to be going here. Uh, Also, what do you guys think about that nonsense with the DOJ asking For freaking emergency powers like that, man, you're talking, your right to habeas corpus is basically freaking gone, gone. And, you know, like I talked about after 9-11, man, uh, that Patriot Act, it did a number on a lot of motorcycle clubs, Uh, it's got uh, some people on terrorist watch lists, the whole nine yards, so keep in touch with your reps, man, make sure you get out there and tell them, don't you dare, don't you dare Uh -uh. uh-uh uh-uh anyway don't forget to subscribe if you guys like to donate you can you can see it up in the right hand corner uh paypal me or paypal.me backslash insane throttle uh if you're on the radio listening in that helps a lot keeps the show going don't forget to subscribe to all the platforms go visit harleyliberty.com for all your up-to-date news i'll talk to you on the next episode